Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Danny Cola. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so that you can join me in having some epic conversations that access higher levels of potential with creatives and professionals from all around the globe. Thank you so much for tuning in. So as a fitness professional, I love connecting with other professionals to absorb new ideas around wellness and business. And uh, there's no one better to discuss some of these topics than with Hannah Eden. She is a fitness coach, the owner of Pump Fit Club down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And she's an on it pro. Uh, You may have seen her uh, throw some kettlebells around with Primal Swolger. We had a great conversation about uh, the current climate today in the fitness business world. Um, We talk a little bit about the emotional roller coaster of the hero's journey. And then we take a deep dive in some tips and techniques to overcome fear and self-criticism. Hannah Eden is the real deal. She's super authentic, and I love her message when it comes to longevity and performance. Uh, It was an absolute pleasure to connect. It was a huge value for me, and I know that this conversation is going to be an added value in your life. So thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy the content. Make sure to uh, share this with somebody you love. Give it a five-star rating and uh, review it. Please reach out for anything on Instagram at Danny Cola Fitness and make sure to check out Hannah Eden on Instagram at Hannah Eden underscore fitness and check out what she's doing at Pump Fit Club at uh, pumpfitclub.com. And that's it, everybody. Enjoy the podcast. All right, Hannah Eden, thank you so much for doing the podcast. I'm a huge fan and uh, from fitness professional to fitness professional, I I love your message and um, thank you for the inspiration every single day. No worries, man. Thank you so much for having me. I uh, am honored to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, I want to first start out by talking about a little bit of where your head is at right now and what's fueling you through this quarantine and where's your mindset right now through all of this. Right now, it's kind of split, and I feel like it's a really surreal time right Mm -hmm. now. Really, I keep using the word crazy because it is. It just doesn't feel very real. But at first, I think we obviously had to understand what kind of situation we were in with all the responsibilities and businesses that we have open. Uh, It was almost like a blessing and a curse that we've already kind of started to venture onto the online side of things as well as having more to hear. So on one side, our business had to close, which was devastating and heartbreaking for us to have to discontinue um a career pretty much for a lot of our team for the time being and just pressing pause on everything um but then on the other side obviously uh we have the online business which we have definitely had to refocus where our minds were at and kind of evolve and have a a different kind of mindset but on that side it's been great you know but it's not something that we want to celebrate because i think it would be nice to think that it's sustainable just because of how much impact this is going to have on the rebuild to find our new normal. So we're stressed and we're doing what we can. Yeah, totally. I'm with you on that. I'm in the same, same exact boat as you're in. And it's interesting to kind of pick the brains of other fitness professionals. And I do want to go and elaborate a little bit deeper in the new normal and like, what's going to happen when we do bring people back into the gyms and how are they going to feel with one another and like the protocols as gym owners and the new responsibilities we're going to have. Talk to me a little bit about what you're feeling with that. Yeah. And, I, and I'm pretty transparent. You know, I, I uh, want to be able to share my experience or my mistakes or maybe even just brainstorming sessions that we have with our team, because at the end of the day, people only can benefit from hearing a different perspective. Mm. Uh, we've been having some really like hard meetings at, at uh, pump fit club in Fort Lauderdale with our team. And, you know, I think that a lot of gyms are not going to be able to survive this. Um, I know we are all banking on this, uh, support from the government, but it's not a guarantee. And, totally. um, I'm not putting it in my mind until I see it in my bank account for all I care. I don't have any help on this, you know, because a thousand dollars is not going to do that. I hear you. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel, you know, and I really push it. I'm pushing the online hard because it's the the only option that and like in homes, you know, I'm trying to make that more of a, of a thing as well. Um, so though, back to that point is that people are going to have to have a, a realization that this experience is going to wean out the weakest gyms yep. and the weakest trainers, because I think that it's going to show the general population how much they do not need a gym and how much they, a lot of people, obviously not everyone, some people need that, social community and sure. people around them to keep on top of them for motivation and accountability. 
but there are going to be a few people and a lot of them that are avid gym goers that realize, huh, I like this. I can do this online uh, because we've been streaming our workouts online, right? At any time of the day. And I feel mm. like I'm doing it with them and it's more convenient for me. And, and I think that, that that's going to hurt a lot of spaces. Um, and it's going to be the strongest of the fit, the, the strongest will survive kind of thing. And the strongest totally. with the best coaches that add so much value to that individual that they're going to have to survive because people want to go there because it's a valuable experience. So the trainers that are on their phone and blown a whistle every five seconds <laughs> and I kiss it goodbye, you know, See you later. No, you're right. You're right. It's going to whittle out a lot of the shit. And uh, there's, I mean, it's unfortunate that the general pop is kind of ignorant to what's a good and bad trainer and like what, what's the criteria for choosing a right trainer. You know what I mean? And how do you mingle with those? Like, how do you mingle with a trainer? Like it's, it's hard to like figure what, what that is, you know? Um, but with you, you're, you're a people person. You obviously have this connection to coaching as I've seen in, in, in interviews that you've done. How are you feeling without that regular human, human contact? It's a lot. It's tough. It's yeah. really tough. Um, we've been doing something and trying to uh, find some kind of relation to that or similarity by doing these Zoom classes where we we're able mm. to actually engage. But when we go in live from our living room, we're talking to, a, I see a lens. You I know, know man. <laughs> here and there. But it is not, I want to be able to share the screen. I want to see people moving. I want to be able to fucking scream and shout and just be an idiot. And it, it is not received the same way on camera as it is in person. Yeah. So I'm really, really missing that human connection. But thankfully, I'm able to do it with Paolo. So I'm not entirely alone. Um, but I can't wait to get back to the community, man. Yeah, me, me too. I just like, I feel that much more energy. You know, if I'm doing like a couple uh, one-on-ones during the day and, you know, I come home, I'm just like that much more vibrant. I'm just like, all right, let's, what are we doing yeah. next? You know, uh, it's, it's tough. It's, it's a weird time. It is. It really is. Um, so let's go back now. I want to talk a little bit about your childhood and growing up in the UK. And um, I heard in an interview with bodybuilding.com that you were talking about like, um, the transition where it was kind of like a dark time. Mm -hmm. uh, From can you to the US? Yes, yes. Or even like while you were in the U, uh, in the UK, still kind of like hanging out with like uh, weird people. You said you were dating a felon, things things of that nature. But let's talk a little bit about the psyche of that time in your life, and you know those transitions because there's there's people that go through the same experiences and, you know, are trying to figure stuff out and grow and, 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 and maneuver and flow through life. So talk to me a little bit about that and then like transitioning over to uh, United States. Okay. So, uh, growing up, I was like a super hyperactive kid. I mm. had an incredible family. I had this amazing family that did nothing but love, support, provide. I wasn't, I had no reason to be a, a de really to be a devilish child or this rebel, you know? But I don't know. I just figured that at that time, I don't know what the psyche was. I still don't know. And I'm figuring that out as I get older, I think. But I just have this streak in me that is angry, you know, that, mm. that I have no reason to be, but it is. And rather for the longest time, I used to be ashamed. And I think being ashamed only shows through negative reaction to you. Sure, sure. Yourself, right? So I wasn't doing anything to try and better that. In fact, I was just like spiraling down this dark hole of where I thought I belong because this is, this is who I am, you know? Mm. But I realized that with taking action and making mindful decisions and trying to switch that psyche and even in, in someone can compare to this or relate to this, maybe in a totally different emotion, maybe it's not anger, maybe it's depression, sure. maybe it's a total opposite on the other side of things, maybe they're super hyperactive, but they don't really feel anything or whatever it may be. But I think that if we're in a state naturally, that we should own that part of ourselves, honor that part of ourselves, but also understand what we need to do to try and change that weakness, let's say, into a strength. And we can do that. And I think for the longest time, it's easy to not. It's just easy to be this angry person that just has outbursts and yeah. hates the world. You know, that's the easy option. Or you can really recognize and become aware of who you are. I want to take an active change and uh, own who you are. And I say this all the time, like, own who you are. And if you don't like who you are, fucking change it. And you have mm. every ability to do it. It's not going to be easy. You have yeah. to remind yourself to be a better person. You have to remind yourself to be happy or remind yourself to do these things. But consistent effort into this, this different state of mind, at some point, you won't be that person anymore. And this person that you know that you can be, that you want to be, is who you are. And you don't have to bullshit. It's just yeah. to the soul. Yeah, that process is so difficult. You said awareness, right? That the, the higher levels of awareness, the, uh, the confidence to face that shit, I, I find uh, is a very, very difficult thing. 
for people to do, you know, everybody to do, right? You know, everyone's got their different comfort levels. Like you were able to face it head on and be like, what the fuck is going on? And well, is it serving me? Is it not serving me? That that connection is hard to decipher the clearness of that because there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of bullshit. It's, it's interesting. And, you know, I appreciate your authenticity because I think that's what attracts people to you. You know, uh, that, that in a coach is so, uh, so great. And, and, you know, I think you said earlier, like those coaches that don't have that piece, I think those are the ones that are going to whittle away. Like we can do it through online connections. We can do it obviously in, in person. That's where we shine the most. But, uh, I think that's a very important thing because everyone can relate to that. Yeah, and it all comes down to, I remember this interview I had, well, actually my first camera interview, and I remember it, I was like shaking my words out <laughs> years ago at Reebok, and the one question they said was, and I really was, that was so new in the game, it's something that's still so true to today, and it's so simple, it's like, what do you think makes a good trainer? And my response at the time was like, you just simply have to give a shit, that's yeah. it. The rest you can learn, but if you don't care, you're not going to stay committed to this person. This person's not going to be committed to you. Like right. you have to build that sense of trust. Like as much as you're doing this so that they can receive the results, I, I coach, you coach for a reason. It feeds us in some other way. Oh, it totally does. to be that, 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 that path that goes both ways, you know? And I think yeah. that it's evident and, and that's what makes people shine as coaches and people can smell through bullshit nowadays. It's too much of it. Oh, 100%. And, and the, you know, the more you go along that wellness journey and you, you, you preach a truthful message and, and you create higher levels of awareness, uh, you, you really have a higher bullshit meter. <laughs> you're exactly. able to, you're exactly. totally way able to, to whittle out that negative and, you know, have that connection. I talked with Paul check about this soul uh, conversation, you know, those, that, that message is clear that, that, that those words in our head, that, that voice in our head, that I call that our connection with our soul. And that's like the purest source of awareness and energy and the clear that can be through all your, your actions, movement, breathing, sleeping, recovery, rest, eating, all that stuff, hydration. I feel like that message comes clear as fuck. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and integrity, right? Like I always say this and I mean it. And it's like, it's a hard place to be to shift the mindset. Yeah. People say like, Oh man, don't tell anyone that I didn't do this workout today or fuck, I only did one round or like yeah. all of these things that really no one else, this sounds really rude, but really gives a shit about. And the only person that really should give a shit about it is you. Like rather than letting other people and worrying about what people think of you, like turn your eyes inwards. Like what would you think of yourself if, if you weren't you, you know, if you cheated your reps or you're half-assed or you said that you did something that you didn't or you said you were going to do something and then you didn't do it. So now it's like, you got to become competitive with yourself to be the best version of who you are, but also to be competitive with yourself to be the best trainer, to be the best wife, to be the best friend, to be the best everything. Yeah. And you start to compete with yourself in a healthy way, only to improve, improve yourself. It's something that becomes obsessive. And, and then you can, you can start to see that you can really transform not only your body, which is how I figured this all out. Right. Yeah. Yeah every aspect of your mind as well like it's possible to transform it if you believe it and you convince yourself enough. do you ever get exhausted with the healthy competition with yourself i mean when when you do because it's inevitable right when you do what are some of the protocols that you have in your toolbox to kind of get back to your tip-top creative self so for me movement is not an issue i love to work out gravitate towards it yeah, I gravitate towards it. It's something that I need. I understand how much benefit it adds to my life. And that doesn't mean I have to pick up a kettlebell and fucking swing it and mm. do crazy things. That could be, let me get on the floor and do some stretches for an hour. Let me yeah. do some animal flow. Let me do anything. But movement itself, I never have to worry about falling off my fitness game in that aspect. When it comes to nutrition, I genuinely love eating healthy foods. I was raised with a salad with every meal. Like It's something that I just know. Um, don't get me wrong. When I was going through college... I had no idea what vegetables were and lived off sure. pizza and candy, but now I'm over that phase. But there's still a part of me that likes that kind of thing. I still love sweets. I still have chocolate. I still love all those things. So sometimes if I know I have a photo shoot coming up, I have to behave, right? Like not eat a pound of gummy bears. Like behave because yeah. I'm getting <laughs> a certain way. So I do curb it sometimes, but in the times where I feel burnt out or I feel like, damn, man, I've worked way too hard. I just say, fuck it. But my fuck it doesn't last long anymore. It used to last like three months. Mm. Two months, a month, a couple of weeks. Now it's like after a few days, I feel what I feel like inside, outside. I can see how much it's affecting me. And I just don't want, I feel gross. I just don't even want to eat like that anymore. And I need to go back to normal. So I don't put pressure on myself. I don't diet. 
I don't have like this set regimen of what I need to chase in numbers on a kettlebell. Like yeah. just do what I like to do. And I make sure that I enjoy the process. Sure. Sure. Do you feel, yeah, exactly. You feel, I'm sure my question was going to be, do you feel like letting loose on that end frees up more mental capacity to do other creative stuff? Yeah. And uh, when I came from an athlete mindset of, okay, I'm a sponsored athlete. I want to go to the CrossFit Games. At that point, I was convinced that's what I was going to do. So with that mentality, it becomes a very selfish mentality, right? But yeah. it's not fun anymore. You're training because you have to, not because you want to. And that's yeah. something that's always- Three, four times a day. Yeah, man. And eating because it makes you perform this way, not because you mm. like food tastes like, or force feeding yourself these calories because you know that it's going to help your performance. It was like, it's not for me anymore. This is becoming more than what it is. I became obsessed with it, but now that I'm out of it, it's such a good place to see from the outside in that I'm so glad that I didn't go down that route. Just for me personally, I think that I had too many um, boundaries and I'm not good with boundaries and I would have at some point, I'm sure, broken them all in some way. Sure. So rather than that, like I just don't restrict myself from anything. And that means if I want to go out and drink, I'll go do that. Like I won't be that person that has to live this perfect life because it's not sustainable and it's not real. So I just try and be as real as it can be. I'm human. Yeah, definitely. You are. That's great. And and that, that I think that regular process makes the flow that much easier because the flow becomes your default. And then you're able to, you know, binge and then pull it back and, you know, exercise really hard, but, you know, not so hard the next three days. And I think that's what Hannah Eden Fitness is. That's what Pump, uh, pump Fit Fitness is, right? It's uh, putting all of those aspects into working out and moving and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So um, you talked about the kettlebell, uh, unconventional tools. Uh, was that just from getting into it from CrossFit or like how, how else were you influenced to pick up a kettlebell? So um, obviously, I, I, well, not obviously, if you didn't know, I started with CrossFit, which is a barbell, right? We did kettlebells, but it was just for efficiency versus like uh, trying to get technique or any yeah. kind of, I wasn't good at it. I was just doing my reps and meeting the standards. So I was lifting some pretty heavy weights. I was super strong. And then whenever I, I, de I decided to hand the towel in on CrossFit for a number of reasons. One being the, prior, the main reason was that back, I had a back injury. Mm. And I was in pain every day. It was just wasn't healthy to keep going. Yeah, you, um, hold on. let's peel that back a little bit. Because you were talking about like not having any sort of progression when it came to getting stronger in that year. Uh, you just kind of, you know, using your hyperactive mentality, that go-getter approach, you just wanted to get as strong as possible, as fast as possible. Talk a little bit about how detrimental that could be long-term for the people that are wondering. It, absolutely, man. So I went from zero to a hundred and this is something that I wish people would listen out for is like learn mm. from my mistakes. Like, thank God I'm a nerd and like want to figure out how to fix my body and be pain-free. But I pretty sure that if I didn't try, I would still feel the same way I did a couple of years ago for the rest of my life, which is not good. So I went from being extremely underweight, like severely unhealthy underweight. I'm 5'9", and I think I weighed like 105 pounds. And right now I walk around at 145. Um, and I fell in love with CrossFit. I went from zero to 100. And it was like one of those things that, again, to the part of my childhood, I think that I always was just this angry kid. So I always caused a lot of disappointment, meaning I was always in trouble. Like I was always that the kid of my parents' friends that was the rebel kid, you know? Like, yeah disappointment so when i found crossfit it was something that i felt proud of because i was good at it and it was something positive yeah. so i fell into that and i became obsessed with it and i didn't give a fuck about anything else i didn't care how i felt i didn't care about my health i didn't care about my social life i didn't care about mm. anything other than being the best right i want to win and it became unhealthy so i gained and i became obsessed with training i did two three sessions a day for yeah. hours and i didn't do any classic tra traditional bodybuilding. So I had no bone density that it built mm. up over the years. I had no athletic background. So I went from zero to 100 to loading a lot of weight. And I remember my, it took me a while to get my first snatch, but my numbers just kept creeping up and up and up and up and up and up. And then within the first year, I'm like still super tiny, snatching like 100 and probably, I don't know at that time, maybe like 140 at that point. And then I kept climbing up. I think I got to like 160. And then when I went to cleaning, I was doing like over 200 pounds. It was just wow. crazy. And I'm like, this tiny thing, but my muscular system grew, but my skeletal system wasn't ready. Yeah. I had no idea about nutrition at that point. So I'm, so, I'm sure I was lacking so many nutrients and so many, so much that I wasn't sure. taking supplements or I wasn't doing anything. I was just training every day, eating. I used to smoke cigarettes at that point. Oh. I'd have a Starbucks on the way with a croissant and just fucking crush my workout. I didn't know <laughs> So I was just killing the game in that year. And then all of a sudden, boom, it came to a point where 
I would start like blacking out because my body needed more fuel that it could actually understand. And then I started to get pain everywhere. I'd have these injuries. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do this athlete thing. Like I got to do it the right way. Yeah. Done nutrition. But then I would, the damage was done. Right. But I didn't want to give up. So I just kept training for years more trying to get better as an athlete, but the damage had been done in that first year that I never fixed, never tried to do anything. And I degenerated my discs in my, in my back. And now that they're going to grow back. That's it. Right. But I figured out ways to, to, to strengthen it, but I had yeah. no posterior chain strength. Everything was strong on the front of my body. Nothing was strong on the back of my body. I had no ass, no hamstrings. So nothing was firing other than just everything in the front, you know? So right, right, right. a lot of imbalances that cause a lot of issues that I'm still mm. paying for. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's great to break that down. I think that's I think that's great for for you know because uh, there are people that are motivated and they they equate that that work with success and drive and you know that's all it's all good. But right. um, you know, balance is really important. You know, and, and, and the one word is longevity, right? Yeah. We can all train like that, but not forever. No one, no human body can sustain yeah. that level of yeah. training unless you are all around and have everyone hands on deck trying to make sure that they've catered your entire 24 hours to keeping your body healthy, yeah. which is not really possible unless you're one of the highest paid athletes. Right. So I think it's just creating something, some kind of protocol that is sustainable that doesn't hurt. Pain is not normal. And that's something that right. everyone wants to know. You don't push through pain. It's not something, there's a big difference between soreness and being uncomfortable and pain. Yeah. Pain is not a normal thing that everyone should be aware of for sure. Yeah. Paul check talks about the pain teacher all the time. I think that's so fucking awesome. And then I, you know, that's why I love on its system because it's a performance and longevity system and, you know, going through workshops and, and interacting with some of those coaches, man, it's made my coaching go on another level and it's helped me impact clients on another level. And, uh, you know, the, the constant growing, the, not just the physical, but the, you know, the, um, the mental part of everything, the, 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 the nervous system approach to all of this and our interface with reality, I think is so crucial. What has your experience been, uh, with those systems? As far as surrounding myself with masterminds, you mean? Yeah, man, all, all of that, the whole on it, everything, the experience from, you know, the, let's just talk about the, the training now and how that's kind of impacted your methods and, and all I that. I think just the statement alone of like full human optimization, that's something that is so powerful, you know, there's, yeah. of course our workouts matter, but that's maybe 30 minutes of your day. What about the other 23 and right. a half? Minutes? I mean, I think it's a lifestyle and that sounds cheesy, but it's, it really is. It's like in and out we're trying to be the best of what we can be. Not only physically are we gonna try and push our body, but once you can recognize that you were once here thinking that you couldn't do anything, and now physically with hard work, consistency, the right training, the right everything, you've increased and improved, right? So then you start to go, ah, what else can I do? And then I think that's it's very similar to every other person that I'm very proudly to be on the same team on, as, on it. Like I've known Michael Vasquez for a lot of years now. We've worked a couple of jobs together years ago. And to see what he has done and the conversations Jeez. we had back then, to see what the conversations are now, to see Eric and Francesca, like not only are we, it's like, it's a full circle, right? Not only are we able to follow our passion and do something that we love, it's so rewarding for us. It gives back and changes so many lives. Totally. But we're also able to become this kind of entrepreneur and play through this social online presence of how can we make a living out of this, but not try and be a sellout, I'm not trying to rob you. I'm just trying to do this forever, man, because I love it. You love it. It's, a, it's, a, it's rewarding on both ways. And it is just experimenting. It's trial and error, trial and error. What else can I do? If this doesn't work, then you try something else. And it's, uh, I think the consistency and the, and, and the refusal to quit and just to try new things and accept failure yeah. is something that everyone on the team has. And, and that's something that I think that everyone could have if they just gained one thing, which was work ethic and that's all it takes because you only can improve if you keep working right and accepting failure these are all things that i think we've all done and uh embracing failure and, and understanding that failure is not a bad thing yeah failing get comfortable with losing yeah man accept that let it fire you up rather than turn you down and shut you down and and, and i think we can all do that and uh yeah for sure yeah, I think we can all have this kind of rebirth. Like I had that rebirth when I moved from the UK to the US, right? Uh -huh. People at 40 years old that just get divorced. That's like, holy shit, what am I going to do in my life? Something where someone has devastatedly lost someone that they love. We've got two choices when all these things happen, right? We can either go down and, and allow this to consume us and take mm -hmm. over the rest of our life or look at it like, holy shit, this is my opportunity to have the biggest wake up call and try and do something better with my life and try Definitely. and be better and have this rebirth. 
So I think perspective is every is everything for everyone. Totally. They can have a kind of different perspective on negative things that happen to them as well as positive things that we can all kind of try and reach or find some form of potential. Definitely. I love that word potential. Um, yeah. Now, uh, doing the work ethic, Gary Vee talks about, uh, execution outweighing everything, you know, when it comes to building a fitness business. Now I went from, uh, teaching at the high school level, being a high school teacher to, uh, just kind of doing the podcast and doing a, a fitness business myself. And now just really starting to maneuver things and make things grow and, and, you know, build programs and online stuff and workshops. And it's been such a fucking fun time. And you want to talk about like an awareness journey and that and building, you know, a strategies and, and learning about yourself and all that stuff. Talk about your experience when it comes to business uh, what you understood about it going into the game and how much actually execution teaches you. Wow. Okay. So this is a lot. Yeah. So I have to be honest. And I used to say this a lot at the beginning of my game because it was true, but now I've been in it for many years. I don't think that it's necessarily true anymore, but I think it's important that people understand it. When I began this, I had no fucking clue what I was doing. I had no education in that area. I actually, graduated with a bachelor's degree in photography, landed a dream job, was killing it in that aspect, doing everything that I thought I wanted to do, but I wasn't enjoying it. Mm. Had a class, uh, pump fit, but it wasn't pump fit then, you know, in the back of a CrossFit gym. It was doing so well. Had a slight altercation with the- uh, with I love the, that story. I love that story. Cause it, it's, it's very common in the fitness industry. Oh, yeah. where and it's making- something that I recognize now as a leader of a team that I would never want to do that to yeah. anyone else, right? And having that mindset can only make yourself succeed and the people on your team succeed, by the way. Which I had this bit, little head bump with mm. a guy and he said some stuff and it was a bit of an angry decision, but I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to go do this for myself. So I went home to Palo. We decided to open up our own business, which was a huge decision to do at like 23 years old, 24 yeah. years old, like, I had no idea who I was at that point, you know, now I'm about to be 13 and I'm almost like ready now to try and explore the part that I missed before. But we didn't know, but all we did was not quit. We failed. So what do we do? Figure out a better way to do it. But one thing that I will say now is that opening up the gym, if anyone's going to open up a gym, being the new gym in town cannot pull the wall over your eyes to think that you're doing good. Like everyone that's the new gym in town is going to do great. What happens at the year mark, the year and a half mark, right? Which I will admit, year one, we opened, shit was booming. <laughs> we didn't have any systems. We weren't trying to have goals to hit for members. We weren't trying to see what the dollar amount for the marketing was on each person's head. Like we didn't have these systems of things yeah. that, we, that give us a reason to go to work every day and to try and improve, right? You don't just show up to work and expect people to come to you. And I didn't have that mindset at the beginning. I was young and foolish and, and ignorant. So it hurt that way because whenever we started to do well, it was great. And then whenever we started to do bad, how do you invent systems that have never existed? So just take my advice and that anyone, no matter how hot shit you are, what Instagram person you are, if you're opening up your own business, do it right from the beginning. Cause at some point it will spiral out of control and could backfire. Bingo. Um, Thank you yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah, no worries, man, for real. And if anyone needs help on that, I would love to share anything that I've got. Just shoot me a message. But, um, whenever we opened the gym and it was doing really well, right? Uh, this was a year and a half into it. I was also building Instagram at the same time. All through, by the way, I remember one day saying, I'm going to start a hashtag that's Hannah Eden Fitness. And all, because I'm like one of the dudes, all my friends are guys, they were all making so much fun of me. Like, all right, Hannah Eden Fitness. It became yeah, yeah. a joke amongst our friends. And now we still joke about it. And I'm the one that sat back going, fuck off, because I didn't quit on it, even though you guys were giving me shit. Even though this was like something so small and I only had 10 followers at that time. Yeah. Spent so much time trying to make it a thing. I believed in something that I loved. I had this feeling and I made it a thing. And I say that all the time. If you believe in something so much, it will become a thing if you make it a thing. So that's yes. what we did. And, and then we tried the experiment with online training, which again was an experiment. So I had a naive mindset and was like, let's just try this thing out with this super manual way of doing things like man manually add people's credit card details make sure that they weren't overbilled handwritten emails to make sure everyone got their programming point is is that i started with the worst system but i but i started right yeah. i think all of us are waiting to have the money 
to invest in someone that can help them with this platform or this website. Or, yes. Or they look at someone like me now that has an app that has this. Let's rewind to date one, man. It was the most ghetto, written on a whiteboard, so, so rookie, but you yeah. evolve. And if you can just execute, then you learn from your mistakes and you evolve and you don't make that again. And then you just keep improving. But if you never start, you're never going to get going. And I think that procrastination will kill you, you know, and a lot of totally. people are like trying to study as much as they can before they start. Well, start while you're studying, because it's not going to be like you learn something, you get this course that's a thousand dollars, then you tell people that you have it and you're going to make millions. It doesn't work like that. You've got to yeah. build a, a relationship. So there's a lot of things, but just execution is absolutely true. And Gary Vee said, right, I watched one of these things recently. You might be spinning 900 plates, right, on 10 fingers, but at least you're spinning them. And guess what? You're going to drop a shit ton along the way. And those of you that laugh at you for dropping the plate, ask them how many fucking plates they're holding, because I guarantee you they're not spinning one, you know? Mm. So I think that having tunnel vision and uh, I overcommit always, I have this problem. And again, from my owning who I am, well, I'll do this for you. My year is planned. Hell yeah. You are crazy. Oh, yeah. I can't not have something to work on. Otherwise, I feel like I'm going backwards and I refuse to do that again. So always having something on paper, planning your week, planning everything and just executing. How can you not get better and succeed? Yeah, I'm with you on that. The whole uh, pen to paper thing is huge. Going from subconscious to conscious mind, reading it, making it more of a thing, looking over it, being disciplined. I write in my, you know, my journal. I try to do it as best as possible, but you know, we're not perfect. We fucking miss days all the time. But I say, I write that specifically procrastination gives me the most stress. Like just waiting and putting things off gives me the most stress more than anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And on top of the fact where I'm trying to balance my whole, like, do people give a shit what I'm doing? Who am I to have a podcast and all this like minutia, the stupid shit. Um, it just I still have that now. Yeah. Million people watching, you know, we're all Ugh. human. Yeah. You, you got to be able to, and you'll have the days where that side tells you that's what it is. Beating those two, like you were saying, the conversation with your soul, right? Yeah. Voices here. And even now I still have days where I have this voice. that's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. You hear, you know, like, yeah. why are you here? It happened when I get these big jobs. I'm like, why, why, why me? Yeah. You have to understand that you deserve it and Paolo tells me this all the time like maybe your career has only been public for a few years but I've been watching you for so many years right like you do deserve this you deserve this more than anyone because you never quit right and I think being reminded that or being aware of it um yeah. maybe writing down your achievements and and always reminding yourself to look at what you've done yeah definitely be confident with that and let that kind of guide you know that it's a soul it's a soulful heartfelt journey anyway and to put that out on your sleeve is is big and that's always going to be a challenge because we always we're always looking to be approved we're always looking to be accepted and that's a human thing you know and one more thing on that i think that we yeah. all can always overanalyze things yeah and if we internalize and do that i'm convinced that whatever we believe in here is going to dictate how we see the rest of the world so if we feel like and I'll use something, for example, uh, this isn't to do with business, but it, maybe someone can relate to this. If you feel like someone said something about you because you saw her turn her head and bring her head down, but you never confronted the situation and say, hey, like, did, was there something that I did? Or can we talk about something? You not, If you didn't have that conversation, you're now going to assume that that person said something to that person. That person said something to that person. They're ganging up. They're texting about you behind your back. They're not going to invite you to something. And I can guarantee you that the fucking conversation never happened. But right. Now we're never going to show our face again. I don't want to be part of that group. It's like we let our minds go crazy. And I think being aware that everyone does that and we've all got to just understand that trust your gut, trust yourself. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and if you're not happy or unsure, communication yeah. is key to avoid those situations. I keep this next to my book all, or my, my desk all the time. This is uh, nonviolent, nonviolent communication. So NVC. <laughs> This is a Bible. Yeah. Look, I, re I highly, highly recommend it. And it's not one of those books that you could just kind of like sit there and read from cover to cover. Uh, but there's just so many little like bold points that you can just kind of take away from that are very quick and easy to remind you and, you know, 
to effectively state how you're feeling and communicate your requests and and try to you know as best as possible taking consideration of the other person and the party you're trying to reach it's just you know because we we all get thrown off on our little spectrum that we keep talking about the good and evil road and uh we can forget easily so it's always good to have little reminders there so i highly recommend that yeah i'm gonna totally get that and uh that's a whole nother conversation right there right which is like leading uh and trying to lead the right way. Yeah. The most challenging part of my job, for sure. Yeah, I, I, gravi- I nav- uh, regularly, regularly, um, the, the word is I'm looking for is um, I, I naturally gravitate towards the leadership role. And I've all, I always have. And I, I don't know, there's just something about me that feels connected and pulled to it that, uh, you know, you want to talk about potential. And I think aligning to your true north, you're just doing these things that you feel called to that provide a service. And I don't know. It's it's challenging, but you know when when you're doing it and you're in flow, it's just the most rewarding thing, is it not? Absolutely. Especially to see something morph over time, like how Pump Fit went from just the class to now this thing, and then you know you, you have people for you and or that work for you, and you, there's so many other things that are components to this monster now. You know. Absolutely, but you know I won't lie. I'll be honest with you on that part. It was the hardest part, right? Because. Like you said, I think we all naturally fall into these roles without really choosing. It's just who we are. Yeah. Well, if you listen, if you listen, right? If you listen, if you avoid your feelings and you're going to be in a different rut that you probably shouldn't be in. But if you listen to what your soul and heart say, you're going to end up right where you're supposed to be. I love that. I love that. And that's true 100%. But I used to not listen. Yeah. So I would be so angry and I still fall that like I am still guilty of this to this day because it's overwhelming. It's sometimes when I'm overwhelmed with what I do, what I do is crazy. Every day is nuts. I mm. love it, but I also also have a lot more time to trip and forget and allow over the, the overwhelming, overwhelming workload take over. And then I'm not able to listen or remind myself of the nonviolent communication. Yeah. <laughs> It, remembering how someone else feels on the end of that because yeah. I've only got five minutes to say what I got to say and blah, 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 blah. It, <laughs> you can forget right yeah and I do fall short of that and I hate that and it's something that I'm so aware of and it's the first thing and the only thing that is so present in my five minute journals like what do you write if you write a daily affirmation usually you're trying to become what you want to be right yep, yep. and every day it's like I am a powerful peaceful leader I am a powerful peaceful leader because I'm a powerful leader and I'm not always peaceful, man, you know, and I understand that. And I understand that I'm very blunt and very transparent. Uh, I understand that a lot of people can't understand that and may shut mm. down when they have that kind of communication. And, it, and it's something that I struggle with a lot, but it's also something that I'm so aware of. But if I don't continue practicing to be a better leader, I immediately fall back to my old habits. Yeah. So it's something that I think that if you're leading, you can never stop learning how to be a leader or like reminding yourself these practices, exercises, books. Uh, podcasts on other people's yeah. leadership skills because it's it's so complicated and so hard and uh when you start to see that if you don't lead right other people fail and you want to blame them for failing you can't because it's your fault as a leader yeah 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 you gotta yeah. always point the finger back at yourself that's what good leaders do they're always learning and uh just open to to new things and clear communication. There's, there's a, there's a plethora of things that come with a good leader, but yeah, it's constant practice every single day, but also too, like, you know, we have the confidence in ourselves that we keep going. And I, I too, it's so funny that you, you were saying how I am a peaceful leader I, when I was walking up the stairs for the podcast. And th- like, it scares me, the podcast, because I'm, I have to lead a conversation and, uh, and drive it in, in a way that takes people on a journey and I, I want to get better at it. So anytime I, I, I talk with somebody, I'm sorry. You're doing a phenomenal job. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And this is why I'll tell you, because I'm walking up my stairs and I'm verbally saying this. I am confident. I am confident in leading the conversation. I am a confident fitness professional that can lead. I love it. But yeah, I think it's so crucial to to vocalize it. You know, I'm sorry. What'd you say there? I'm going to expose something here about what I do too, before these big jobs and I have to get on camera and like there's the CEO or the exec is watching there and it's this huge job. I'm in the bathroom going, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> I have mantra bands, they're bracelets that I wear all the time, unless I have to take it off for audio reasons, but they say what I need to hear. And they say, and I can tell you exactly what they are right now. Hakuna Matata, which okay. no marks, right? Yeah. Fearless. She believes she could, so she did. Live what you love. 
and be unapologetically you. And then one that is Iceland, which is a feat that I've done, right? So remind mm. myself, like, you fucking got this shit, man. Yeah. Stop with the self-doubt. You feel, if you people read and feel your self-doubt, you've lost. Lead with confidence, and then you're going to feel confident, and then yes. the rest is going to happen, you know? And it's going to be enjoyable. So I still do that now, man. And I think the second that I feel like I'm good, I'm the best at what I do, is the day my career is over, you know? Yeah, I can't tell you how many uh, teachers that I used to work with that have this mentality, like, I'm the fucking chosen one, listen to me. <laughs> and like, you know, it was just uh, slowly killing me that type of energy. And I mean, that's why I reach out to people like you, because I feed off this energy. And it's just gonna make me that much better of a coach. Uh, feed off ideas, think in different ways, you know, uh, and, and to kind of put it back uh, on, on uh, you know, in people's fronts that everyone's human, and we all no matter who the hell you are, the rock has bad days, you know, and he's Mr. Focus, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're all human beings. And um, like, we're all more alike than we are different. And I think shedding light on that is really important, especially in a time like this. Yeah. Right? A weird time. Uh, we're transitioning. We kind of don't know what the new normal is going to be. I, I heard you use that word in the beginning, the new normal. So yeah, like I, I think in this time more than ever, people like you are needed to send this message. Um, and because, you know, we have to reprogram something new and positive for, yeah. you know, the next, whatever millennia this, for the next generation. How do we do that now? Yeah. And I think something else that's important because I think this comes from being a team leader now and having a team of people. Um, and I should have added this at the beginning, which is what, one of the most crucial things that I think that every gym needs to do right now, which maybe I fell short on recently, which is to make sure that you're prioritizing your team. So if you mm. are going to reopen, right? Cause right now every business owner's minds are in fucking panic mode. Like, holy shit, are we going to make it through this? We have to do, we have to go, 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 go. If they're a doer or they're at home going, oh my God, I'm going to cry, which they shouldn't be. You got to fucking move right now. But I think that because we're, uh, we were in such a panic state at the beginning that we weren't paying attention to the most important things, right? Which is your team. Because if you do reopen, are they going to be there? Because if you haven't been there for them now, why the fuck should they show up for you when you need them, right? So that's something that has been super evident to me in the last month is especially. Um, but I think that prioritizing a team is going to in turn only help you take care of your community and making sure totally. that the way for your community to still feel engaged, you know, sending a workout online is only a small piece of it. Like we're doing a zoom call with our people. We're wearing, we're going back to college days. We're doing like college themes tonight's tennis pros and no golf pros and tennis hoes. <laughs> and we're going to have happy nice. hour. We've been playing virtual games. The point is, is that my business is not just a workout. It's culture, it's community. That's and awesome. that's something that is able to stay alive virtually and that everyone that has a brick and mortar facility should be focusing on right now more than ever because we have the time to do it. I love and that. Well, through this, like, look at this. This is yeah. Zoom. It was what, a couple emails before we set this up? And yeah. now this is so valuable to you, me, and everyone that can listen. 100%. Amen to that. That's, that's beautiful. Yes. I, I love, I love spreading positive vibes and it just kind of, you know, it just makes, uh, makes me happy. Like <laughs> go overcoming some, you know, overcoming a fear of putting myself out there and talking about things that are vulnerable. Like, Oh, it feels good. You know, it's, it's, it's therapy. It's therapeutic uh, to connect to the, the purest version of you with somebody else who's doing this, putting on the line, you know, I, I, I really appreciate it. Um, so I want to take a conversation now. We're talking a lot about um, the the ebbs and flows, the good and bad, the duality of consciousness. I like getting esoteric and talking metaphysics. What is your experience with psychedelics, um, the global or oneness, singularity, uh, when a good and bad come together? What are your thoughts on all this and, and that? Um, well, I haven't really explored much haven't really gone into that world as much as most, I'm sure, as that are people that are connected to me. Um, so I don't know if I can necessarily give my opinion on psychedelics. Hmm. Uh, and that's something that has been interesting because I have had past history with abuse on certain substances. Hmm. And I've always wanted to kind of go into that place. And I think that I'm getting closer to wanting to navigate down there through a professional and supported system. Yeah, uh, I think that to the point of me talking about my childhood, right? And why this angry streak was there. I think that 
that's something that I would love to explore more of. I think that brains will always try and suppress things that maybe have affected us in some way. And maybe if we understand it, I always say this, like we only fear what we don't understand. And if we face what we fear, we become to understand it. So we become one with it. Right. Yes. This is something that I think I need to try and do at some point. I don't know if it's the right time in my life right now, because we're moving Mm. so fast that it would not be, I wouldn't be present. So mm. I definitely wanted to explore that route um, in the next chapter of, of what I'm going through right now, I guess. Yeah, I love talking about this topic because uh, it's very, um, I mean, it's still kind of taboo. I mean, people, it's drugs, you know, marijuana, even though it's legal, um, it forces you to go in. And um, I never was attracted to, to quote unquote drugs growing up. I always considered myself straight edge, but as like a 26 year old guy who started, you know, having a couple puffs of weed, watching football with their friends. And I start having these crazy ideas and feeling connected to this journey and whatever, whatever it is, you know, like whatever, why people smoke, smoke their weed. But, uh, I, it started making me curious. And then, you know, different types of supplements that enhance neurocognitive uh, uh, or enhance your your cognition and help you focus and put things together. Like I was so fascinated with these alternative forms of reality. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you do something like, like seven grams or five grams of mushrooms and blow your brain out of this, this water and, and experience what that realm is and how you can take this information and kind of integrate it into your this 3d dimension like it's so profound to talk about and i still struggle like coming up with the terminology here but i'm so you're 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 painting a perfect picture and i think the reason one of the biggest parts of this is that it is such a world that people are exploring right now yeah i think it's also a place that you need to be aware of what you're doing right because i mean if you watch goop with Gwyneth Paltrow. I love I love that series. It was getting so much shit. I don't know. People really? people shit on Gwyneth Paltrow all the time. Let him. Because she's, because like, she's weird and all that. But I oh, thought yeah. she put together that thing and it was, was so well done. So, it was so well done. And which to re restate that message, which is so many people nowadays think like grabbing some mushrooms off the street and like chewing them in a peanut butter sandwich, which is totally what I used to do, you know, (laughs) and like tripping your balls off is like, then you have a bad experience. You come back and you're this ruined human because of this one experience you had. Well, that's not what this world is. And people are just ignorant to it. It, It's almost like if I was, I've looked into it, researched these places. I want to be so present and not be worrying about deadlines. What's going on next week? My whole Mm. year. I want to do this in like two years and be able to spend time because it's not something that's going to happen quickly. And whatever I do discover from that, I want to be in touch with that and be able to honor that. Right. Or whatever, yeah. it, whatever comes out of it and, and really commit to it. So that's the only reason why I haven't committed any time to explore that world right now. But that that's something that everyone needs to understand that if it's guided and if you receive the right dose, it's not going to do what you think it's going to do to you. Like it is, it's 100% controlled. If I lived in a state where uh, weed was legal, I would 100% be open about it, you know, and, and yeah. do my thing online. Um, but you know, it, everyone does things for their different reasons. I think there's definitely a taboo with where there used to be with weed, but now there's not. I mean, LA is a huge example of that. If you look at their magazine, yeah. like High Times or something, I was looking at the front cover when I went to see my brother recently and t- five years ago, I'm sure the, the way that a weed magazine would have been portrayed would have been like dark, dingy with these like mm. guys with piercings in the nose and like these loser attitude, right? Yeah. you look on the front of High Times, it's CEOs in suits with yep. their ties on. It's older people. It's people that are professional. They look successful. They don't look like losers. It's like, yep. I think we've built this weird relationship the same way with how with whatever other substances that get experimented with because we've abused them in the past but if they are taken correctly managed or guided or you do it and you find the right strand or whatever it may be for you if it it suits you it could actually do some great things that would replace xanax uh antidepressant drugs like Mm -hmm. all of these chemicals and these uh, medications that were prescribed i'm a huge believer of just doing whatever grows out the earth you know (laughs) No, I'm with you 100%. 100%. There's a lot of, uh, I mean, you got to talk about uh, f- big pharma. I mean, that that's a whole like money game. You know what I'm saying? Like if you watch a big pharma commercial for a prescribed drug, it's like, what are the side effects? They list it for like, it goes on for like a 30, 30 minute thing. It's like, what? In my mind when I moved from England, okay? Because in England, you don't do that. Like 
you, I, I thought I always, and I still do. I'm like, can they do that? Is that legal? When someone's like, this is not, they it just throw their biggest competitor under the bus. <laughs> let's say, um, I don't know. Let's think of two competitors here. Lysol and I don't know. Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean. Okay. <laughs> Commercial Lysol can be like, it's not like Mr. Clean. You won't right. have the mistakes that Mr. Clean made here at Lysol. We do a way better job. Yeah. Whenever that happened, that was like, what the fuck? And now the side effects, why the hell would anyone take a drug that the last one's like, they cause dizziness, headaches, seizures, depression, death. It's like, what? Suicide, <laughs> clogging yeah. of your arteries, stomach pain, diarrhea. <laughs> what like what and it breaks my heart because i have so many friends um i used to live in massachusetts in long meadow in this very wealthy town and it was like not spoken of and then people were like had this presence you know and I, i've had way too many friends from that stage of my life that have overdosed mm. or you know gone down this really dark path and um what's sad about it is that it all started as like maybe they were a like going to college as a collegiate athlete and they suffered an injury. So then they had started being prescribed Percocets. Mm. And then the next thing you know, they're injecting heroin. And it's like, at what point is that connection not going to be made? And I don't know. It's just, it's really tough for me, that whole world. And it, I understand it. And yeah. I understand how easy it is. And I, it saddens me when someone goes to a doctor to try and ha find help. Maybe it's anxiety and they get prescribed Xanax and now years later they are chewing four, three four xanax a day and can't can't function without it like yeah. them what you know now it's a whole different issue it's just it's it's sad it's i feel really like sad. and even though it does help people you know it helps it helps some people um I, my opinion is sometimes i feel like it may block that communication with your conscious with your soul you know it may kind of shun some types of signals you're trying to tell yourself or your your you know whatever your insides trying to tell yourself or make you oh. cognizant of mm -hmm. and sure. um and I, I think that you know just like junk food it's the same thing it, it messes with your signals and um yeah i think we need to shed more awareness on that and i think you know when it comes to cannabis and psychedelics which i love talking about um love talking about occasionally taking them with the right uh you know the right place that setting all, and all that and that's so important and and when you when you talk about like um medical supervision when you talk about doctor supervision during those things it will be something very positive for people when it's completely under the microscope everything is accounted for and like all all the professionals are looking at it and i'm optimistic that hopefully in the next couple of years we're going to hear more about uh a lot of the people saving I believe it. I believe it. And if no one has watched that episode on Netflix with Gwyneth, you should. Yeah, I I think the whole series was really well done. Like the people they had, like Wim Hof. How much Wim Hof? How much is breathing in your in your routine? Somebody very breathing. Yeah, I was gonna say someone very hyperactive and and having that like go 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 and your whole year is planned. Like it's very easy to get lost in the sauce and breathing cold showers that can really be a really equalizing thing for your nervous system. I just bought a hundred gallon tub nice. and uh, have, I'm planning on doing, starting some ice cold therapy because I haven't really explored that world um, at all. In fact, the cold is my nemesis until mm. I went to Ireland and realized that you, if you, <laughs> breathing is huge. Let's just put it that way. And I, I always do that now. Like you said, like things are so fast paced, um, finding the space to have that time and, and be present with myself and kind of, chill the fuck out yeah. is really yeah. important to me and i didn't know that for a lot of years and i was just spiraling um but now i have definitely got like practices that are implemented into my day and my week that will definitely keep me balanced and i actually just said to megan today like usually fridays whenever we were not in quarantine were my meeting day so we would put everything on fridays but i would have weekends and it was a different kind of weekend either i would be away and when i'm whenever i'm away as much as it's sad for me to be away from home, I'm alone. And I think alone time for me is really valuable. Mm. Um, really, really valuable. Cause if I'm not alone, I just don't stop moving for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so now that I have these practices, I, Megan put all of these things on today and I said, you know what, starting next week, we're going to leave Fridays open then. I need my one day now because I'm going, I'm, I don't know, this is important, but I'm required to be somewhere seven days a week at the moment virtually online doing streaming workouts monday through saturday for pump fit club and yeah. then also through for nordic track on monday wednesday friday and saturday and we're doing something on sundays too so now i'm like there's not one day where i feel no pressure right like that you have to be somewhere 
So I've said starting next week, we've got to make it a Friday because otherwise I don't feel that recharge. And then every line of communication is just like ah! annoying. Yeah. It feels annoying rather than motivating, which is yeah. not emotion. And I know all it needs, all I need to do is just slow down. Yeah. And ironically, I think that this is what the quarantine has uh, done as a value for all of us. It's forced us. Well, hopefully, I mean, hopefully we, we learn more and more to take it easy and slow it down and bring it back to center. You know, the, the mindfulness approach is that bringing the breath back in and being aware of your thoughts back to your breath and boom, you know, like uh, it's just being aware of that, I think is, is huge. It's a big step in the right direction. Going down brings so much awareness. And uh, I was just, I just filmed something on my, on my video, on my Instagram recently about new mood, like new mood from on it. I never used to take anything in the evening. I used to just like try and fall asleep and usually not fall asleep. And my mind is thinking of shit all night long sometimes. Yeah. So now I take new mood on my way home from work and it kind of forces me to slow down without feeling anything. I don't feel like high. I don't feel slow. I don't feel tired. I just feel calm. So now when I go home, rather than sitting down and like trying to do stuff, I don't even go in the house. I have like this new routine that I do. I've started a garden. I'm going around to all these gardens. I'm like taking like an hour and a half before I, I love that. Oh, dude, it's amazing. But I feel so driven right now more driven now than i ever have and i am committed to so many things but i'm making more time for myself and i said this on that video it's like i've slowed down but i'm producing so much more because it's enjoyable and i i need to keep reminding myself yeah. to say no so i can be in this state all the time yeah that's awesome that recharge is 110 so important to give yourself that creative spark again and make things feel natural and flowy as opposed to regimented and something i don't want to do and you know we were kind of programmed that way with school and it's you know we have to break that and then boom you, you create your your own routine and finding discipline there's just so much that goes into that but uh Right on the head, man. Hannah, this has been great. I don't want to take any more of your time because I, I know we started a little bit later, but I want to respect your time because you're a busy girl with a shit ton on your plate. Let me just say this before I give you the, the closing floor. Uh, I really appreciate the time. You inspire me. This conversation was great. It was motivating. Uh, I, I hope that we can converse more in the future uh, and connect more in the future. What is next for Hannah Eden and what's going on with you? What are you looking forward to? Is there anything that you want to plug? Absolutely, man. So obviously we had to take things online whenever we closed our gym in Fort Lauderdale, but which was actually a great thing. So we've now got three different training options for everyone to train with us virtually. Uh, the one that is kind of the front runner at the moment, that is a really affordable price point for everyone that is going through some kind of financial burden at the moment, um, which is called the Hef Training app. It's available on the Apple Store or on Android or also on my website. And now you get a seven day free trial, but we're streaming our workouts live Monday through Saturday on that app. But there's also other stuff on the app, motivational talks, recovery, mobility, um, independent standalone bodybuilding workouts, animal flow, challenges, so on and so forth. So that's a really cool thing. It's all available on hannahedenfitness.com. Um, but before I plug myself, I just want to say to you, uh, I don't know exactly, I'll be 100% honest with you, how big your platform is. Um, big. <laughs> but this is what I want to say is that I know that it's going to be huge because ah. um, I say this a lot. I had this conversation with my team. A lot of people feel disappointed that they don't have opportunity. Opportunity surrounds everyone, but you just have to take it. And you took it. You had one connection that I have never spoken about you with Eric or, or Fran, but I know that it's a common ground. And just that one part of you just throwing it out there and asking, you got an answer, which was yes. And everyone needs to understand that unless you go out there, no one's going to give it to you. You have to go get it yourself. So I know that we're going to do another podcast in a little bit of time and you're going to be like we have this many hundred thousand <laughs> and it's going to be a whole different story so you should be proud of yourself man um i've learned a lot from you during this experience and i'm so glad that uh, you invited me on the show so thank you oh yeah absolutely my pleasure my thank you so much for the kind words and uh yeah the respect is there i really appreciate that that's cool that's cool of you to say um, but yeah, plug, plug away, plug away. What, what do yeah, you man, Everything is available. I've got a couple of things going on. I've got three training options. I have a, an apparel line with equipment as well, but it's all on hannahedenfitness.com. H-A-N-N-A-H-E-D-E-N fitness.com. Um, and my Instagram is hannaheden underscore fitness as well. So thank you guys so much. Awesome, man. Again, thank you so much for those kind words. I really appreciate that. Um, that's cool. So, uh, until next time, Hannah, um, Take care and, and stay safe over there. Okay. Enjoy Florida sun. And uh, that's it. 
Awesome, man. Thank you so much. And hey, tune in on Sunday. We're going to go live on Zoom. Okay. All right, I'll send you the link. And if anyone else hears this before then, Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're going to be going live from my web, my living room and everything's available on my website. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Look forward to that. Thanks. All right, Hannah, take day. care. Take care, you too. Bye-bye. And that was the podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you like what you heard today, make sure to uh, share this episode with somebody that you care about and leave a re- nice review and a five-star rating. Check out Hannah Eden on Instagram at Eden underscore fitness and her website, hannahedenfitness.com. Until next time, everybody, uh, that's it. Hit me up on Instagram, Danny Cola Fitness, and uh, we're out. Peace. Love you.